Hey folks, I'm Jason. And I'm Eric. I teach people how to raise livestock on the land. And I teach people the Bible. I play a little banjo. And I play bass. I'm a passionate bow hunter. And I'm a die-hard Badgers fan. Together we're just two common folk trying to pursue Jesus. And live out our faith beyond Sunday's sermon. While we have the windows open, is that okay? Oh yeah, absolutely. You can it's, hear the birds chirping. It's been a beautiful couple of days. We just need a little bit of rain. I got. It's supposed to rain today, maybe? There's like a chance, I guess, this afternoon. Or I think the next couple of days, there's like a 50% chance, which means we probably won't get any. I know, this has been a rough one. My grass, I, I apologize to it every day. I'm like, I'm sorry. Like, It's trying its best. Dude, but. your grass looks pretty good. Ours oh. is really turning crispy. And actually, um, so we've been farming about nine or ten years now, and mm-hmm. I've never seen our pastures. Like, I really put a lot of, I don't want to say pride, but like my my main focus is like protecting our pastures yep. and having them always be in really good shape. Mm-hmm. And they are just crispy. <laughs> yep. It's it's been rough. So I could use some rain. It's gonna yeah. be like ninety today. So yeah. I'm kinda like, which, you know, for us ninety is pretty I couldn't believe yesterday morning we went to church and when we got home around noon, it was like the grass from when we left to when we got home, it like turned brown. Yeah. Well, I think it's because it's been holding on for so long and we got that one pretty good rain storm and so that kind of kept it. But then it's like it, it hits that precipice where it's like, all right, now I'm just we're, fried. We're at, and that's what I was telling someone yesterday. We hit July now. Mm-hmm. If you're dry at the beginning of July, you know that you just have to brace yourself. It's going to be a dry season because it's almost to the point now where there was, there's no turning back. Yep. Because yeah. we're not even, we're like just getting to the normally driest part of the year. We're not even there yet. Hopefully, maybe we'll have an unprecedented rainy July. Yeah. We'll the good see. news is, is like a lawn can turn around. Yeah. But crops kind of can't. They need yes. the whole, the entirety of the season. Yes. And well, and it just shows even in my yard who does what. Because Les, the garden is her thing. And she has taken such immaculate care of that. Everything looks great. And the lawn is kind of my thing. And it looks yellow your, and brown. Your garden is like Pinterest worthy. <laughs> Our garden looks like a farmer garden. Well, that's a, I mean, cause you are though. And that's a, I, but I got to give Les a ton of credit. Every time it's like, your garden's beautiful. I'm like, I had had literally zero. I put the dirt in the garden beds. That was as much as I was able to contribute to that. So that's all her. But, um, I think it even, that's a good analogy for even what we talked about Sunday of just the idea of, you know, we, we took that verse in Proverbs of, you know, a crushed spirit dries up the bones and just kind of really hit on that of like how many of us that really relates to of just, you know, we might use the term burnout or depression or whatever you want to use. But in the Bible, the analogy is dried up bones and how just having living in a, in a state where your spirit is constantly crushed like that's going to be the result. You're going to just be burned out. Your bones are going to be dried up. And as we can see, it's like, it's not healthy. You, you right. just, it, so, you know, I talked and I said at the beginning of it, like you probably have not heard a lot of messages of on fun in the church, but 
it's it's important if you want to be able to rest and have a rhythm to your life, you got to be able to have some lightness because if you don't, um, even if you try to rest, it's not going to really be rest. Yeah, so we're still talking a little bit about rest, a little bit about Sabbath, but yesterday you really put the emphasis on having joy yes. and all of that. And one thing I thought of this morning as I was, um, you know, in my mind thinking about this podcast is, and you alluded to this yesterday, so I don't feel like I'm kind of taking your topic and taking it in another direction, but I think it really is important to point out the fact that this is, this is a little bit towing a fine line. Like this could, um, how do I want to put it? Like that fine line between the world's view of fun and joy and rest and what our view as, um, you know, people seeking Jesus, um, there's a lot of there there's crossover there yeah. and and anytime something like what you talked about yesterday it 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 looks so similar to what the world right does as well and is similar uh it can easily we can like blur that line and so we're we're really talking about towing kind of that fine line Right. Well, and that's why I even tried to be like, okay, let's define it because that's what some people, yeah, I just didn't want someone to be like, you know, hey, I'm a husband. I've got a bunch of things I should be doing around the house, but pastor said I should have more fun. So I'm going to go golfing. Like, nope. Like that fun is having some lightness and playfulness in your life, but that doesn't mean I'm giving you an excuse to like not work hard or not be a good spouse and just do whatever you want. It's I mean, and where it really landed and what I hope people took away is just, it's about not taking yourself that serious. That's what, you know, when you talk about being playful and being fun, like, like part of it is I shared that I take myself way too serious. And one of the ways that it comes out is I hate dancing at weddings. I hate it. Like it's one of those things where if a wedding's coming up, I'll literally like, dread it like a week before because people are going to make me dance and I hate it. And part of that is just because for me, dancing is just not that fun to begin with. But it's also like if you take yourself too serious, you don't let yourself have that lightness because you're like, well, what if I look dumb? And and, and that's how you kind of know you've put yourself up on this pedestal. And so really more than being a message about fun, I hope it's just a message about just not taking yourself so serious, allowing yourself to kind of laugh at yourself a little bit. And um, hopefully, because I agree, it's like so many things, even when I'm giving a message, it's like, all right, how could this be taken wrong? How could this be taken out of context? How can I clarify this so that there's not somebody saying, well, pastor said I need to golf more so you know well so was the verse that you started out uh proverbs fifteen thirteen? no let me look let me see if i can look it up real quick because i if i do it by memory i'm probably going to be wrong and i don't want to oh say it no was, it was seventeen twenty two. that was yep that was it so mine is a a little bit different of a translation but it says a joyful heart is good medicine but a broken spirit dries up the bones yeah 
Um, and I also found Proverbs 15 says, so I just looked up the word cheerful on mm-hmm. my Bible app, and this is the CSB translation that I have right now. But it says, a joyful heart makes a face cheerful, but a sad heart produces a broken spirit. Yeah. I think another thing that I thought of that I think would be important to talk about with these verses is, so you talked about it and you weren't wrong, but like you talked about it in the context of we like finding things to bring us joy, finding time to have joy, finding time to have fun. Like those are important. Yeah. Um, but I think another thing that this means is like, so what about the people who are listening that like, they're in a season of life right now where they're like, Eric, I'm sorry, man, but I just, I, I can't go have fun. I I like the stuff I'm going through or just this season that I'm in. I still think this verse is for people who are in that and it's basically telling us like whatever you're called to do right now in this season of life, you need to find a way to have some cheer in it. Yes. And that's what I, I'm glad you brought that up because fun is not like, it's not something you go do. It's, it's something that you allow to happen in whatever you're doing. Like, so it's a perspective thing. And it's almost like an allowance of like allowing yourself in whatever you're in to still have some cheer in it. And I know it, someone taught you listen to this is like, it's easy for you to say, you don't know what I'm going through. And I, I don't, I know I've been through some incredibly heavy seasons where I knew there was there was the opportunity for me to have joy. And I just was like, no, I will not have joy until this changes. And for me, it's about, even if you go to the book of Ecclesiastes, it talks through, you can have all this, you can have all the money, you can have all of this. But at the end of the day, really it's about having a good meal with friends and family and loving God. And I I truly believe in my life, even the hardest seasons I've been through, can you have a meal with friends then you can have some, you know, whatever fun or joy or cheer, because especially if you have good friends, they'll be able to bring that in if you let them. So can you confidently tell anyone in any situation that they should find a way to have cheer in their situation? I don't know if I would word it to find a way to have cheer, but I think I would word it to open yourself up to allow it if it's there. So I don't want to put that pressure on people of like, you've got to find fun in your situation. So that's where my question was leading to the, this fall. And I'm not trying Mm -hmm. to set you up. No, no, you're good. But the next question is define what cheer means. Oh, well, and I know yeah. I've sort of taken the word. Well, there's, we're a little behind. We got a today. late start yeah. today. Yeah. Um. So you started out using the word fun. Yep. I'm using the word cheer out of this translation yep. interchangeably with right. what you're talking about. Is Absolutely. that fair? Yeah. Well, and I I think I would actually use the word play as well because I think it's just there is a certain positioning of playfulness that you have where you are not serious 
where you're still doing things. You're not resting, but you're doing it with a playfulness and a lightness with what you're doing. So, cause I've had that before too. And, um, you know, especially manual labor jobs that I've had. It's like, if you can work with someone who has a light attitude, it literally changes the whole day. If you're working with someone where everything is serious, come on, we got to go, we got to get this done. It feels like you're working for 14 hours, even if you're only working for eight. But if you're working for someone who's having some fun while you're doing it, there's a playfulness to it. It's like, yeah, we got to do this, but might as well laugh a little while we're doing it. Let's, let's, you know, make some lightness in this. An eight hour shift feels like four. It just is one of those things that just really changes it. And so that's why I say fun is not like, oh, I have to like go to an amusement park or I have to be, it's, it's, it's a state of, of, of playfulness of that in between of I'm not resting. I am working. I'm doing things. I'm moving. I'm expelling energy, but I'm not doing it to be perfect. I'm not doing it to try to do it the right way. I'm doing it in a playful manner. And I I think we, we know how valuable it is for kids. We know kids need to play. Like Mm -hmm. they, if we don't let kids play, it does not go very well. But I think we think that like adults don't need that. And it's like, we absolutely need it too. So it does seem like in a little way we're, we're talking about two different things that are, I, I believe, still relevant mm-hmm. in this conversation. So it seems like the one thing you're talking about is having enough space in life to have some of our time filled with things that don't matter that much. Yes. Things that aren't that heavy. Yes. Um, and things that aren't that serious. Yep. And then on the other the the other kind of thing we're talking about here that is you didn't start talking about but I kind of dragged it into this conversation no, but it. the cheer and to me it seems like that is more of a that while both of these require a lot of intentionality um but the cheer is a thing that you have to that you choose to have regardless of the situation that you find yourself in yeah um and it's just sort of a perspective thing so it's not necessarily saying like absolutely love everything about the situation you're in right but it's it's sort of like embrace the fact that you're in this situation and god's allowing it to happen because there's purpose in it yes i think anything can be fun like legitimately you can the dishes can be fun if you make a game out of it like, and I think it's just finding that perspective. And I think you hit it. I think cheer and fun is a perspective of understanding it's not that important and it's not that serious. I think there's certain things in life, and I, I heard a pastor, I forget who it was, and that's what they said. They said, if, if, if this is not going to matter in five years, don't take it that serious. Yeah. Like, that's, it's, Allow it to be what it is. Allow it, you know, again, and that's where I talked about exalting ourselves. It's like, how prideful is it to be like, if I don't do the dishes right, it matters. No, you're not going to remember in a week if you did the dishes wrong, if you ran it incorrectly and had to do a second cycle because you didn't load it right. 
does not matter. It like in the grand scheme of things. So it's just having an accurate perspective of what matters and what doesn't matter and letting the things that don't matter just not be that important. So that's actually really convicting to me as a dad, but I think it could be the same for anyone who is in any type of relationship or leadership position. Mm -hmm. So if there's anyone who you're accountable to or anyone who is, um, who you're responsible for, whether it's Mm -hmm. in the workplace or in a family or a marriage or whatever, um, if you take things to, so me back to my fathering analogy there's so many things that i ride my kids really hard about Mm -hmm. that a couple hours later don't matter right let alone decades later right a couple hours later they don't matter but it's possible for me to take that super irrelevant or not unimportant thing and ride them so and use that to really squash their spirit And yep. that has that will matter exactly. You and can do more damage in those unimportant things than good. You they'll forget do. about not completing a task right. to the highest level of excellence, right. but they won't forget about the way that they were treated right. because they didn't do it. Yeah, and so that could be, you know, for you as a pastor, mm-hmm. how you treat someone in your church or, Absolutely. or, uh, for me, how I treat a coworker or, yeah. and those things matter. Absolutely. Well, and I think one of the things that I've, I've realized is that like, we have attached like moral right and wrong to things that don't have moral right and wrong. Like, like it's like when it's, if it's something ridiculous, like mowing the lawn, it's like, well, there's a right way. You got to mow it diagonal. And if you don't, like, that's morally wrong. And it's like, no, it's not. It doesn't matter. And you might not actually say that, but the way that you respond to it or talk about it would indicate that you feel that way. And the pressure you put on yourself. Like, what if mowing the lawn could be fun because you haven't decided in your head that there's a morally right or wrong way to do it? And that's more of what I'm getting to is, like, it's not that serious. It's just not how you mow your lawn, how you throw away the garbage how you, it's just not that serious. well and that's so like an example for for my kids one thing that i always do with them after a game so like we'll use baseball because they love it and i always on the drive home i'll be like so how do you think the game went mm-hmm. and and oftentimes they'll be like well it was it was good except you know my that one at bat wasn't very good and then i'll say well what's something that you could learn from it yep but it could easily be where I could lead it differently and be like, you know, that at bat, that was terrible. Right. And here's what you did wrong, and you can't do that again. And all of a sudden, it takes this thing that they love that should be a source of joy. Right. And it totally hijacks the joy and yes. sucks it right out of it. And yep. could end up – and you see this with kids who get burnt out from sports because oh, yeah. they were – road ridden yeah road i think either way too hard yep to the point where they start resenting the very thing that they started out loving absolutely well and that's what making things into a job that aren't that is we're never supposed to be a job yeah and really i think that's 
probably the core of what I'm, I'm trying to say in this is like, don't have your life set up to where either I'm doing nothing or I'm stressed. Like those should not be your two states of life. There should be times where you're doing something and it's fun and you aren't taking it that serious. I remember I, I knew somebody who when they were working, they loved golf. And that's why I'm going to give a good example. I feel like I'm always picking on golf. I don't know why. I think it's because I don't play it. So it's like my easy thing to like pick on because I don't have yeah. to be convicted of not, it. I'm not offended by it because yeah. I don't play it. So. so if you're listening, I do not care if you golf. I'm, I'll use a different analogy in the future. But this was really, I, I knew somebody and when they were working, that's it. They loved golf. It's like they could not get enough of it. And they retired and they got like a you know, year pass where they could go as much as they wanted. So he started going every day. And after a couple months, he started resenting it because he's like, it just feels like a job now. It's like, I don't even want to do it anymore yeah. because now it's like, oh, I'm going to take it serious. I can go every day. I got to shave stuff off my, and now it's like, no, there, there needs to be things you do that aren't heavy. Uh, a prime example in Wisconsin that I see in my world is hunting. Yes. So it's a huge part of the culture here and so many people do it, yep. but then it becomes this thing, this source of competition. Right. So it starts out as this thing that people love, yep. but then they see other people having success and then there's like standards that you have to meet or yep. live up to. And then people are like, competing with each other and it puts pressure on people to the point that they lose friendships yes. with neighbors with family members they get super crabby about it because there's like this drive for success yes and yes. all of a sudden it becomes this thing that you don't love the way you used to yes I, I, that's a perfect example. And that one is more convicting for me. So let's, let's go with that. So it's different, but it's just this idea of like, not everything needs to be done quote the right way. Like, and, and I think you, you almost water down like true righteousness when we make righteousness of like, when we try to put that onto very meaningless small things like righteousness is a real thing and it's a godly thing and there's so is certain it fair things. for me to to translate that into my central wisconsin lingo yes and say, please it is okay to sometimes do things kind of crappy yes well or just to do them how it feels fun to do that day because like it's it's so funny we're so worried about you know, productiveness and efficiency. But if you think about it, like if I have to do a chore and it's like, I can do it in the most efficient, most effective, most quote, morally right way. And it takes me an hour, but it is stressful and I hate doing it. Or I can do it in a way that is fun and lighthearted for me. And it takes me two hours. You might think it's more effective to do it in one hour, but in reality, if I do it in the way that's fun for me, in the way that's light for me to do and not stressful, in two hours, I've gotten an hour of work done and I've had two hours of fun. If I do it in the way that it's only an hour, it's like for me to then have two hours of fun, it would take me three hours in which I got two hours of that done, just doing it in a way that was fun and light for me. I 
so this I'll, I'm going to sort of open myself up a little bit here and share a little bit of a a part of me that I, I'm not proud of, but, um, so Jocelyn and I both are pretty, um, clean housekeepers, Mm -hmm. pretty organized and we appreciate the house being fairly clean. Well, we have five kids and we live in an old farmhouse and it happens to be on a gravel road. So and and just the fact that our kids are always in and out of the house. Like, yeah. we have to have realistic standards. Yes. That being said, there, it's a it's a growing process yeah. to get to, like I'm still maturing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, there were years where I would come home from work and the kids would have anxiety because the house would be messy and be right. like, dad's going to flip out if we don't pick up this mess. Right. Right. And Jocelyn had to be real with me and be like, look at what is it, look yeah. what you're doing. And, and so over the years, we've gotten to the point where we're like, the house is going to kind of be messy sometimes. Right. And we sort of flipped it and, and we said, it's a like think about why it's messy. Right. It's a blessing. Yeah. We live in the country. We have five kids. We live on a farm. Yeah. Like all the reason why our house is messy is a blessing and we need to see it that way. And then besides that, every day before we go to bed, the house ends up clean anyway. Yes. We take 10 minutes to just kind of pick everything up. Yep. And so all of that stressing over Right. The house being messy was all for nothing, and it right. stole everybody's joy. Yes. Well, it, and I could put myself right in there, and that's where I, I know for you, you're like, this is something I'm not proud of, but I think pretty much anyone listening is going to be like, yeah, there's stuff that I'm exactly the same, and I know I'm that way too. And, and that where God has been convicting me is when, when you make something like about you know right or wrong, that God hasn't made about right or wrong, you're literally like adding to his word. And so it's like where where God's like, be righteous, love mercy, pursue justice, like love people, like all of these big things, like be righteous. And I'm like, yeah, and mow your lawn diagonal too. It's like that is watering down and perverting his like. But how many people and and I'm guilty, so I'm not I'm not just saying all those people, but like how many people would take that and be like mow diagonally, um, do everything as if unto the Lord, you know, do do all your work at a high level of excellence. You know, it's so easy to sort of hijack what. I feel like I've used that word quite a bit today already, but that's all right. To sort of take God's word and add to it. Yeah. Well, it is, and it, it, that especially, I think. So it's funny. Um, I was I was doing ministry somewhere else, and um, and and somebody was uh was not happy with my level of dress, which I I think I dress pretty okay, but they they really wanted me to to dress up more. And so I kind of just had a conversation like, okay, tell me about that. Because it was very much like I have the moral high ground here. Like you you are sinning because you're not meeting my expectations of this. So I was like, okay, tell me about that. And that's what they were I'm like. I'm glad they brought it up because yeah. I've been biting my tongue. <laughs> have you? Is it is it the, the shorts I'm wearing today? Is that um, – but so they basically – their their whole thing is like, well, you're at church – 
that's, you know, you're there to, to meet with the Lord. And they were like, well, if, if you knew Jesus was going to, you know, come to your house tomorrow, wouldn't you dress up more? And it was like, my honest answer was like, if Jesus was going to come to my house tomorrow, what I am wearing would literally be so far down on my list of concerns. Right. I would not even think about that. And that wasn't me trying to be snarky. That was like my true, honest answer. Mm -hmm. And that's where even when people take that verse, we'll do it as if unto the Lord. It's like, if, if God was like, Hey, I want you to mow this lawn. I wouldn't be worried about the direction I mowed it in. I would be like, okay, are you going to bring somebody in while I'm doing this? Is there a way I can show your love while I'm doing this? Or how about doing it with a cheerful heart? Yes. It's like there's all of those things that I would put way up before worrying about that. And again, I use that because there's a funny joke. If I can be real, kind of like you were, like... Like I mow the lawn in our house and um, there's times where I just, I get really busy. I have meetings stacked up and like Les will try to help. And I'm always good at like not saying anything, but she's like, I mowed the lawn. I was like, it looks good. And she's like, I didn't do it right. And I was like, no, it looks good. But she's like, yeah, I didn't do diagonals. And I was like, yeah, it's okay. But she knows. Yeah. And for me even, it's like... <laughs> Why would I care? Yeah. My wife just did something awesome, saved me a bunch of time. And so now it was like after a couple of times, I just forced myself to stop doing it because yeah. I was like, if this is going to become something where she feels bad trying to do something good because she can't quite do it the way that I think it should be done, then I'm going to just do it the way that she normally does it because at the end of the day, it does not matter right. in the slightest bit. It just doesn't. Yeah. And, and I honestly, just you saying that I just, I sort of was overcome with like this feeling of like, honestly, I think that's one of the things that our society needs to be told the most yeah. is it doesn't matter. Isn't it there amazing? There are so many things that, I mean, we could sit and talk all day about all of the areas where people just need to be reminded that it really doesn't matter. I'm and you really you summed up the whole message and that's what that's what's so interesting that's why I tell people like okay this is gonna sound insulting but it's the most freeing thing is that 80% of it just isn't that important 80% of the things you're stressed about just aren't that important and I like I know that sounds insulting because it feels so heavy and you feel the weight of expectations but if you're listening and just tell you 80% of the stuff that you are really stressed about just is not that important. Yes, you have to do it, but how fast you do it and the way that you do it and um, how perfect it turns out or whether it's even Pinterest worthy, Mm -hmm. like it really doesn't matter that much because here's the thing we realized is that even if you, you do it, so perfect in your own head and you take that picture and you share it to social media number one people just don't care that much they just don't but number two you might actually be making someone else feel worse about themselves and I remember when Les and I had that where and we still because we went too far right away we're like okay we're not sharing anything anymore and we've like no we 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 want to share the things that we love with Mm -hmm. the people in our life but just understand like People don't care 
right. as much as as you think they do. And and also when you care a lot, it annoys people. Yes. Well, because then they feel the weight of expectation. Uh, I I remember, and this is this is one of those things where again I'll just be really real but like we we've even had people who were like we wanted to have you over for dinner but we we see the food that you make and we can't make food like that so we just we haven't invited you and that's when we were like well yeah because we don't post the frozen pizza that we made like three nights in a row before that one meal that we happened to have a day off and could spend hours on Mm -hmm. and and that's where i just I, i think just understand not only is it not that important but like People would much rather see your authenticity. That means more to people. And they're going to be more impressed with that than any of the other stuff. Like, yes, you share stuff with social media. If you make a big meal, share it. Because if you love it, the people who really love you are going to want to be able to be a part of it. But to not feel pressure to, like perform or put that on and and that's just for me that's the most freeing thing and that's where as I said on Sunday Les has has started to just like say that to me as a default of like it's not that serious it's not that important it really doesn't matter do it however you want because there's no right there's no right or wrong in this because I think even for me I've found myself just getting frozen in decisions even like hey, where do we want to go out to eat tonight? And it's like, my brain's like, oh, we got to pick the right thing. And it's like, there's no right thing. What do you feel like eating tonight? There's no right or wrong in this. Yeah. But we can get so frozen in that right and wrong. There's always a right thing and a wrong thing versus some things you can just have fun. Where have we not been and, in a while? What are you so in the mood for? where does that spirit come from? Because it's not from God. Oh, that's a great question. I think I think it's a spirit of exalting ourselves. I kind of hit on that on Sunday of 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 thinking like we it's up to us. We got if we make all the right decisions, then good things will happen. So that 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 was another lead and not to yeah. cut you off no, what I, where I was taking us was your stained glass window analogy. Yeah. Yep. That that has helped me out so and that's been one of the most freeing things to understand like my whole job is to let people see who Jesus is and make sure they know that all the good stuff is from him and not me. So like that's, I, I said, we're basically windows. If you have a house on the lake, you, the window, that's the whole job is like, let people see the lake, like, because the lake's beautiful and that's what they want to see. But if the window takes itself too serious and thinks, wow, everybody's looking at me, turns itself into a stained glass window to be more impressive not only is that not what people were looking at it for, but now you've obscured the whole view right. of the lake. And then you're not doing your one job. You have one job. You have one job <laughs> and you haven't done it. And But I think that's where most of us are. And, and we're so stressed trying to be a stained glass window. And God's like, not only did I not call you to be a stained glass window, like that's the worst version of a window. Yeah, because now you're, I mean... You're screwing everyone else up yeah. now too. <laughs> they want to see the lake. Like, yeah. and, and no matter how fancy you can make yourself, you're never going to compare with the view of the lake. No one's, no one's going to rather see you than the lake. Like no matter how good. And that's what I want to say to everyone else. Like no matter how good you do this life, no matter how right you do everything, how you perfectly, you nail everything and you're, you're the 
perfect spouse and the perfect parent and your fitness is on point and your house is clean and you got the right car and you wear the right clothes, even if you nail all of that, you're still not going to be even close to like God. Like that, even if people see all that impressiveness in you, that's not even a fraction of the impressiveness if they can just see God through you and just realize like it's not a good game to play. Not only are you not going to win, but even if you win, it's a bad game. Like, we need to stop playing this game. It, it's not good. So this entire conversation and this, this entire sermon has really been for Christians. It's yes. been, it, it, this almost really isn't for the non-believers. This is addressing Absolutely. the believers. Absolutely. And so I think it's incumbent on us to make sure people understand the significance of this message. Yes. Um, it's clear by Jesus's words in the Bible that not, not everyone who uh, proclaims his name right now or who says his name is going to be in heaven. Right. Yes. And so really this is a warning. Like um, this is a pretty easy slippery slope for us as Christians to get onto. Yes. Um, because there's all the, you know, the right things to do and the boxes to check and all of that. Yeah. And we can easily trick ourselves and everyone around us into believing that we're doing everything right. Yes. I, I agree. And I think even just as we're talking this out, I feel like this might even be more important than even I kind of knew going into this because I think if I could sum up just my heart in this is like we as Christians have to stop, you know, people who don't know God are playing a certain game. Like that's what life is. They're, they're trying to play a game. You play with the hand you've been dealt and, and they're, they're trying to, to win in, in the way that they know if they don't know Jesus, they're playing a game. And we as Christians need to stop viewing a relationship with Jesus as like help in the game. Like we're going to keep playing the same game, but Jesus will help us do better than everyone else. It's like, no, when you accept Jesus as your savior, you play a different game. You don't even play, you're, you're playing a entirely different game. And I use game. Like I'm not saying like Christianity is a game, but I'm just saying you don't live life the same way. You're not going after the same things. You're not trying to achieve things in the same way. Jesus is not just like, a, ooh, now when I roll the dice, I have one extra dice to roll to really mm -hmm. give me a head up. It's like, no, you don't even play that game anymore. You're out of that game. Like, and to take it that serious, and that's why I say the more serious you take God, the less serious you take yourself in playing this game that yeah. you used to play because the more serious you take God, the more you realize he took you right out of that game. You're right. not even in the game anymore. You're playing something totally different way better and I think like you said it is convicting to all of us if you take a step back and realize I'm playing the same game that I played without Jesus it's like know that there's way more that he wants to do he doesn't just want to help you play the game you've always played he he wants he's got a whole different table for you to go go sit at and I think for all of us to take a sober look on like am I still trying to do all the same things I did before I had a relationship with Jesus or have I, have I moved to a different table now? And it's something that can easily happen. And, yes. and it's, it's almost like a, it's like a natural progression or a, a natural 
inclination that just left unchecked. And so it's like we have to put safeguards in place to just every once in a while check where am I at. And that's, you know, um, fellowship with other believers for accountability. That's being in the word and being in prayer and all of that. Like those are the safeguards. and. Yes. And, and basically just inviting him to like show me those places because I yes. um, and I think you know we're all occasionally going to come to times where we need to just confess it and, and repent of it absolutely and it and it happens and I and I think even just now that I'm thinking about it just even you know when Jesus talked about like fasting and things like that and giving you know, giving money to those in need. And he was always like, make sure your left hand doesn't know what your right hand is doing when you fast, like still shower and do your hair. So people don't know because he's like, if, if you do it for, for the attention from people, you've gotten your prize already and you won't get anything from me. But like, if you do it for me, and don't do it for the attention for people, then there's a whole separate prize. And, and that's, I think, in the, this analogy of you're playing a different game, that's what I mean is like, you know, everybody that's not a Christian, that's the game they're playing. Everything's for the attention of other people and the approval of other people. And that's their prize in the game they're playing. And we can't use Jesus as like, okay, now that I have you as my savior, you can help me win these prizes that I've always wanted. It's like, it's a different game where it's like, no, I don't, I no longer want those prizes. I want your prizes. And so I'm playing now a different game. And I think like, like you said, to just always have, um, I just got a new tattoo that was very important to me because I have a problem with people pleasing and, um, God even has convicted me of that and say, I, I'm not allowed to call it people pleasing. It's people fearing because mm -hmm. that's really what it is. And it's just the, it's the, it's the Greek from Galatians 1 10. That's like whose approval. And it just God mm -hmm. or man. And that's the words God or man. Cause that you can only get prizes from one. You're like, Jesus was clear. Choose who you, whose prize you want. Either you're going to get the attention of people or you're going to get my prize, but you got to pick which one you got to choose what game you're playing here. Have you ever heard this is a little bit of a tangent, but I just always think it's funny when I hear it. Have you ever heard the saying, play stupid games, win stupid yes, prizes? Yes, absolutely, yep. And that's I sometimes what most use of us that on my kids. Yes, but that's what most of us are doing. Think about it. The Going, going full circle here, when we're talking about all of these things that we're so stressed and we take so serious that if you take a step back, you have to admit these are just not that important. The reason we take them so serious is because we're seeking that validation and attention and approval from others. And so that's how we gain it is by being, you know, the perfect spouse or at least projecting that, having the, the perfect house. Stainless and, windows. Exactly. And it's like, that's a stupid game. That's a stupid game. Like it just is. And that's why I got this tattoo is to remind myself that that's a stupid game to play. Cause even if you win, the prizes are terrible. Mm -hmm. It's just not a good prize to spend your life trying to win that. And the game that, that Jesus wants you to play. And again, I use the word game. I, I don't mean that it's a game. It's just an analogy, but what he asks of us to get his prize is just such a better use mm -hmm. of your life. It just, not only because the prizes are real and eternal and everlasting, but it's like, what sounds better to do 
try to impress very finicky, fickle people that are not, they're going to move on to the next thing or like let your life be used by the savior of the world for his kingdom. It's like one is just, it just makes way more sense to do. Yeah. And so I think that's what, and I want to be encouraging for everybody because I don't want this to be a, you guys are all failing because it's for me, it's me. Like Mm -hmm. this is a very convicting, but it's like, life can be better than it has been and and it doesn't have to be through your own sheer willpower and you know you being able to become a millionaire and all that it's it's by choosing to leave that game to just you can just say i don't want to play that game anymore and i i'm not going to and there's going to and allow yourself to have things in your life that yes you have to do it you have to mow your lawn you have to take out the garbage but to be able to just be like this stuff in light of eternity doesn't matter and I'm going to let it be light and I'm going to just enjoy the process because it really doesn't matter. My right. prizes aren't coming from how I do these things. My prizes are coming from like how I'm actually being used in the kingdom of God. Um, and that's where, it, for me at least, it's incredibly encouraging. I love looking in the mirror and being like, Eric, none of this is about you. Yeah. Even your life. If someone wrote a book about my life, I'm not the main character. And that is so freeing for me. I, I, I get so happy when I think about that because it takes so much pressure off of me. Right. You know, God, the love of God is the main character, even in the story of my life. I'm a sidekick in the story. And uh, for some people that might be disappointing, but for me it's like so freeing. Yeah. So... That's that's my encouragement. Well, I think that's probably a good place to end today as well. Yeah. And uh, I think it was a good conversation, and I really hope that... Um, I mean, it was helpful for me... Me too. ...to even talk through it, and that hopefully someone else listening... Um, this isn't something to beat yourself up over... Correct, ...or to, yes. to feel bad about yourself. And that's easy to do, because we're all going to get it wrong. Yeah. We've all got it wrong in the past we're all going to get it wrong again. And I think the sooner we can just embrace that, the better. So we can have realistic expectations for ourselves. Yeah. Um, but through God's grace, we can always get it back on track as well. Yeah. And I think that's what it's all about. And so I think, uh, I just like to end, um, praying for uh, everyone who has listened, including ourselves here. Yeah, and absolutely. Lord, we just ask for the continual refining process. Um, we, we ask for it, um, we invite it, and we thank you for it. Um, we are like clay in your hands, and we just give you the okay to continue molding us into what you want us to be. And and anytime we become like a stained glass window and we start tricking ourselves into believing that it's all about us, uh, we just give you the okay to just redirect us. And I just pray for anyone who's just been struggling with that and, and taking things too seriously and not choosing to have joy and and even the mundane or the tough things in life i i pray for everyone listening to have opportunity to express joy and to have cheer um maybe in some 
uh, easier things. I, I do pray that people are blessed with opportunities to just have true joy, but I also pray for each one of us to have an opportunity to express joy in something that's not so easy yeah. um, because we know that we're called to do that. Uh, so I just um, pray for every one of us here that um, we can learn to be cheerful and to just um, come to the full realization that it's about you and not us. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen.